0: Thank you. police and i'm denise cooper and you're listening to two Two average girls Girls. happy tag tuesday how are you i'm good how are you i feel pretty good we haven't seen each other in a while i know because it's that time of year you know summertime hot girl summertime is it hot girl summer i didn't know what hot girl summer meant until you told me until i just whipped that out you You have my lexicon so cool i'm so that's what the kids say (laughs) The, the young kids they say hot girl summer
1: Yes, yeah, so it's hot girl summer for I me. Don't, what does that mean? I have no idea, but I like it. Okay. It sounds like it's my life is much more exciting than it really is. Um, it sounds like I look and feel great. Well, you do. Well, I don't. You I, look great. I, I, I have a backache again. <laughs> so that's that. That's one thing. But here's a very good thing that happened to me. Tell me. I found out that this birthday. I'm not going to be yes, my birthday Mm -hmm. in August. I am not going to be as old as I thought. (gasps) I know. I'm so excited. I thought. Wait a minute. I'm the
0: person that always tells you how old you're going to be. I know, but Uh, have I been wrong this time? I yeah. I guess I'm not 58. I'm going to be 57. Which makes me 54. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Well, you should have told me sooner because I've been bummed out about my birthday. You never once said to me, I'm bummed I'm going to be 58 because then I would have said, no. You're going to be 57. Don't be, you're going to be 57. This happens to me about
1: every five years. I forget how old I am. I think five years. Like I I think it happens every year. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Like at 50, like I know the big ones, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get to be like, oh, two or three years. And then you're like, oh, Oh, crap 55's coming so then all of a sudden kind of like oh I'm gonna be 55 and then I'm like no I'm only 54. 55's coming up right it's kind of like that I don't know what it means exactly but I, a lot of people forget when their birthday is once you get past a certain age like 10 like you don't care after you're like 16 <laughs> and you're 21 drive. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. after you turn 21 there's like big ones you're 40 you know right then you get to 50 and then after 50 it's like whoo The hill is starting to go down. I I don't know what it is, but I just want to tell everybody when my husband said, you're not going to be 58, you're going to be 57, I thought. No. You just bought yourself a And then I was like, let's see, nineteen sixty five, carry the one. Let's see.
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. I'm only fifty seven. I was just so freaking excited. <laughs> you ran out of fingers <laughs> and realized the jig was up. <laughs>
1: oh I, it's it's kind of a it's kind of like the birthday present. And my husband goes, Well, good, now I don't have to buy you
0: anything. You're fine. That's not true. <laughs> I know. I don't it, want no. Yeah. He knows better than that. I hope so. I better remind him. Yeah, I think I think that's best. Husbands love to be reminded of their shortcomings. It's a good idea. Especially he loves me to tell him what I want for my birthday or Christmas. Not. Really he doesn't? No. Oh, my husband appreciates it so much when I send him a link to my really? Amazon cart. Yeah. We- yes. Oh, I thought you were joking. My no. husband a long
1: time ago told me, "Don't tell me what you want." Oh oh just,
0: no he doesn't like me to tell him oh but he likes my friend to tell him so i'll tell you so you can tell him. that's true well that's why i assumed he was okay with you telling him because i i have i have sometimes been a consultant yes you have a christmas consultant I, I think you should continue to be
1: a birthday and christmas consultant i'm
0: available for his freelancing needs anytime
1: you just have to like go hey drop the hint by telephone text message
0: <laughs> we've got it all figured out <laughs> Too bad he's listening to the (laughs) podcast. (laughs) I'll tell him not to listen to this one in particular. You're not going to want to listen to this one hot. (laughs) It's not
1: good. And my sister yesterday, my sister's on this roll. She, I don't know, she had a t-shirt made for her husband for a wedding. And I don't know if that's the reason, but she goes on these websites and she finds a t-shirt. And I have a t-shirt for you (gasps) that's really good. I'm going to surprise you with it. It's here. I've got it right here. Oh, she's pulling it out from under the desk. Yes, yes. She's taking the tag mm -hmm. off. I'm taking the tag off because I'm going to turn, I'm going to wear
0: it. I'm oh. gonna put it on right now. Okay. So get ready. My eyes are closed. Denise is putting the t shirt on. I can hear t shirt sounds. Hello. Hi. Open it, your eyes. Okay. Now I can open them? Yes. The CDC now recommends apple bottom jeans and boots with the fur. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> That is... Is that the best t-shirt ever? It's not just the best t-shirt. It This is Denise's <laughs> lifeblood. Apple-bottom jeans, boots with the fur. When that song comes on... I drop it low. Oh, the shorty gets low. Shorty gets low, but getting... <laughs> shorty
1: getting back up is a different story these days.
0: <laughs> this shorty got low at a wedding with Denise a f- few years ago, and I ended up on my apple-bottom jeans. <laughs>
1: That's where I was. I'm able to, I can get low and I don't fall on the apple bottom jeans. I just get oh, 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 up. Like, really? Oh, yeah. You got that core strength, girl. Good job. It's not a core. It's in your, you know, your hips and your thighs and your legs. You got to really. These hips don't lie. (laughs) These hips do not lie. They do not
0: lie. That shirt's for me. That shirt is for me. This is my shirt, and I'm so
1: happy, Jill. Thank you very much. She knows (laughs) and loves me. And um, so I don't know if this t-shirt and this whole little conversation we just had is a good segue to what we were do we're going to
0: talk about today let me just interject (laughs) it's not there's no good segue (laughs) to what we're going to talk about today and i have to spoiler warn absolutely everyone right off the top let's do that we're going to talk about a current netflix show it's a documentary if you have not seen your father our, our father, father sorry. our father our father on netflix yet you're gonna want to come back to this podcast at a later date go watch it if you care and then or come you back. can
1: listen to our commentary
0: or on it and then watch it it might actually prepare you and it might not be as traumatizing nothing for you. can prepare you for, for this <laughs> documentary okay so let's just get started on it because i need to tell everybody first of all i usually i pride myself on being the one to give denise recommendations absolutely there's i very rarely watch anything before she does yes she's like a watcher of a
1: lot i I, watch a lot of golf because my husband has it on i don't watch things like that
0: i just Mm -hmm. it has to be really compelling for me right and and kind of obvious yeah but so denise says to me have you seen our father this this film or whatever this documentary on netflix i'm like no i don't even know what that is and she was just like let me just explain to you that you just need to go watch it yeah we i said we need to talk about this Mm -hmm. on the podcast because
1: this is we love true crime oh we love we love uncomfortable subject matters (laughs) this is taking it to a new level though it really is i didn't know what to expect other than the fact that a couple people that i know well told me i had to watch it well people you trust people I trust one of which and we will we'll get into it later on who told me to to watch this and why oh. but the one person that told me to watch it she wanted to know what I thought about it afterwards and mm. she and I had a text message exchange about it specifically because I think so let's just tell okay. the audience what it's about
0: okay so our father is a documentary it's based on a a true story that is still ongoing to this to this minute and probably will be for a while to come. About a fertility doctor based in Philadelphia who artificially inseminated women who came there, came to he, him. He
1: was he was a fertility, fertility doctor. Fertility doctor. He
0: specialized. He in, was
1: well known and yeah. well respected in the community. Mm-hmm. In, in amongst his, other doctors.
0: Amongst other doctors. I mm-hmm. mean, what he knew what he was doing. Oh, there's no question about that. But what he was doing was actually inseminating women with his own sperm. This is where you're going to want to walk away if you can't handle bodily fluids. And if you have kids listening, this is don't. not appropriate. Mm-mm. None of the conversation we're going to have right now is going to be... It's not a- appropriate for the four, <laughs> 54-year-old. It is so troubling. Or the 57-year-old. Only could,
1: 57. If I was 58, it would not be appropriate. No, it would, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to handle it. But now that I'm only 57, I'm good. It's fine. So I watched it bec- out of morbid curiosity. I knew, what some, I knew somewhat what it was about. Not... I know, didn't know the details of what it was about. Sure. So, so Dr. Klein is a fertility doctor. He's in practice with another another doctor, and they have this prolific.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good word, right? Mm.
1: Practice where yes. you know if you can't get pregnant. And this was what 30,
0: 30 years ago was this that in the seventies and the eighties? Mm-hmm. when he was really do just killing it,
1: just killing it, mm-hmm. and. If you were back in the day, I mean back then, mm-hmm. fertility was a taboo subject. There wasn't a lot of information. Mm-mm. He was kind of doing the Lord's work, yes, he really, was. right? So, yes. women and men would go there and say, you know, what do we need to do to get pregnant? And they even had they had options for people to bring their husbands samples in. They had donor people right. that they could take right so there was a lot of options and his rate of you know i don't know how they call it pregnancy the pregnancy rate was high These, yes. there was a lot of women that were extremely grateful to this man mm-hmm. for this mm-hmm. let's fast forward mm.
0: to 2017 is when they first the siblings first Put together that they were related. And this is only due because to the onset of DNA test, home testing. 23 Geneali- and me mm-hmm. Genealogical, you know, testing and all of this type of thing. We all think it's such a great thing to get it for Christmas and give it to our siblings. And isn't it funny that we're, you know, half Italian and half Dutch. Well, when you, did you guys get, do that in your family? Did yeah. you give
1: those? I We did we too. Did. I yeah. never took the test. Why? Be- I don't know. I, I didn't really you don't care I didn't really care right no I get it I didn't really care yeah and then I heard firsthand from friends Mm -hmm. and acquaintances Mm -hmm. who have had very strange things happen because they found out that
0: their fathers were not their fathers that's right and I mean it has opened a can of worms I mean
1: in in a world of well, first of all, we all thought that back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, people were like you know not fornicating, not having affairs, not doing these nasty <laughs> things
0: with each other. And guess what? Uh, they were. Are you are you going to tell me that they were yes. doing all those nasty things? They in were seventies. The they no. were
1: people were having sex with people other than their spouse. That's right. No,
0: they were, and now they it's all being exposed. And so that was what I thought was the
1: worst part of that this 23 and me was exposing right and there's like there's like facebook support groups out there for mm. all of these children who have found out that their fathers are not their fathers right. or you know it's just this it's opened this can of worms that's mm-hmm. just so unbelievable we also have because of this testing we're finding out that we are related to murderers and <laughs> criminals yeah. because they're using these dna samples mm. to trace back serial killers and
0: people that I mean just mind-blowing things yeah that's how they found the golden state killer I know I mean which work like that is like well with the bad comes the amazing right and that is that would have never been solved his crime spree lasted so long and was so again he was so prolific never imagining that he was leaving his dna all over california and those samples were actually kept and then tested he could have never imagined that that was going to happen 30 years later the police forensics Mm -mm. nobody knew that Mm -mm. this type
1: of there was this type of possibility right this doctor specifically donald klein let's did not say kn- his name donald klein did not know this no. was a, ever a possibility no so you your response to watching it the very
0: first scene okay so first of all the the documentary is is really interesting and in that is reenactments but they're really well done reenactments yes they are the people look the reenactment the actors look L- like the people mm-hmm. they the
1: main character the main person kind of narrating it is the woman the very first child mm-hmm. that is exposed to
0: this whole story and this right. whole scenario she's the first person who was contacted mm-hmm. in 2017 mm-hmm. by another person who said hey I did my 23 and me, and it looks like we're related kind of thing. And she's right. like, okay, whatever. How she could just that kinda, be? Yeah, she kind of blew it off a little bit. Yeah. She was on vacation when she got the phone call and or the text and, and was just kind of like not interested. Little did she know Yes, when she got home and plugged her phone back in that it was huger than she could have imagined. So that that's not that long ago, 2017. This whole thing has just come to light in the past few years. So... For those of you who are looking to watch this, this documentary, which as I said, very well made, very yeah. well done. There's a lot of audio, actual audio yes. of the doctor, uh court audio, uh police confrontation audio. There's a lot of different things and the um the actors are sort of acting it out, but you're hearing his actual voice. Just the first scene straight off the top is a is a real graphic depiction of how he would help these women get pregnant by offering his own sperm. So he would bring them to their room, their exam room, and tell them to you know disrobe and get ready to get up on the table and and whatnot. I'm gonna go get the sample, which the woman assumed was a sample from her husband. S- no not all o- not always because sometimes know, the husbands that's right they didn't that that's was right. the problem. But sometimes they did but Sometimes they it was the husband's sample that they had there you know whatever he was going to go get ready well what he was doing was he was donating his own sperm without the women knowing so the first scene is sort of a reenactment of that and it is I was nothing could have prepared me for it That's, it was shocking it's disgusting. No, it, it, it grossed me out and I had to like buckle in because I promised Denise that I'd watch it. So I had to you guys. Listen, this Stop is acting woman. like I enjoyed it.
1: You're the woman who can watch, you know, any kind of serial killing Absolutely pretty pretty graphic stuff. This is a different kind of I don't know, it it, it messes with your senses, so to speak. It does. As a woman, um as you evolve first of all I was grateful that it wasn't a mini-series because I thought I was oh. going to have to watch like five or six of these and no. I was like it's like an two hours long
0: I think just less than two hours which is fine I which, can handle yeah, it. it yeah it
1: was a little bit the the woman the very first person that is depicted in this and who is the first it changed her life is her name is Jacoba Ballard mm-hmm. and after she took her home DNA test she learned she had seven half siblings mm-hmm. so you when you get these tests done all of a sudden, you can go online and it'll bloop, pop mm-hmm. up. And usually, the things that pop up are your own siblings, right? You're going to see like, oh, there's Jill, my ha- my sister, mm-hmm. and there's Emily, my half-sister, and Tim, my half-brother. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect to see seven others.
0: Names you've never seen.
1: Right. And okay. so, like most of us, I probably would have been like, oh, what does that mean? That's weird. Which That's, is what she did. That can't be right. Right. And that's what almost every single person Mm -hmm. who at first took these tests, Mm -hmm. the seven siblings, the initial eight people, this interview, the interviews that you watch are with eight of the 94. As of right now. As of right now, siblings. Mm -hmm. I put myself and again, I've talked about this whenever I watch anything that's, you know, kind of. I don't know real life I always try to put myself in that even in crime situations and I'm thinking if I was so desperate to have a child and I needed to go to a fertility doctor especially back in the day Mm. and I go to this guy with all this trust yeah I mean every friend you know has gone to him Everybody Everybody. you know that, I mean, because mothers start talking, well, oh, I had a friend who Mm -hmm. couldn't get pregnant. Mm -hmm. She went and saw Dr. Klein. and So all of these women have gone there Mm -hmm. for the most intimate thing. You know when you go to a a woman doctor, Mm -hmm. it it is not, when you go to the OB, you are exposed in a way that is just not great. No matter how many times you go there, you're just like, no, this is uncomfortable, this is not great. So here these women are by themselves sterile environment waiting to have you know the little turkey baster put in them or whatever they're however they do it because back in the day it was pretty primitive yeah, it was real, prim- it was right. real primitive yeah, right was, you know yeah. it wasn't scientific by any means i right. mean they talked about how they were getting samples from the med school students across the street at yeah. the college mm-hmm. and they would bring them over and and here's the thing in all of these clinics and from what I've understand, after doing a little bit of research after the fact, there are so many things that you're supposed to do to ensure that that some of these things don't happen. For example, one student can't give a whole bunch of samples mm-hmm. to the same population, right? Because they're going to be
0: commingling with each other.
1: Which, while I'm watching this, an hour into it or something, they kind of bring this up that all of these people are now being all of these siblings are within like a 25 mile radius. That's
0: part of what makes it so terrifying. This this and documentary, disturbing. I yeah. know, because you realize, oh, well, oh, some of these kids are going to school together. Some of these grandkids, I mean, literally, are going these people could together. have dated yeah. and married one another mm-hmm. and
1: produced children mm-hmm. and not known they were half siblings, right? Are you kidding me? Right. I think he found it surprising that people
0: would care. That's the thing. He just couldn't fathom. And granted, this guy is older now. How old is Dr. Klein? He's in his 80s. Okay. He's in his early 80s. So this is like an old school guy who, you know, is very um, male dominant society type of a guy. I don't know how else to say it. Um, So he was shocked that anyone would care.
1: The interesting thing about it is that, and I don't know if they talk about this on the documentary, but I did a little bit of a a deep dive into Dr. Klein a little bit Mm -hmm. and found out that, and I think they do talk about this on the documentary, that he had had an experience prior to going to med school Mm -hmm. where he was involved in a a manslaughter case where he ran in uh, over a young child and killed Mm -hmm. that child
0: yeah they do mention it in the documentary uh she was four years old and in the documentary they portray her as a little white girl who's riding a tricycle and he hits the tricycle that's inaccurate which kind of bugged me she was a little african-american she was
1: yes i didn't know that
0: i i didn't know that either until i started doing some some research on this absolute monster and found out that that uh, the family of the little girl who died was a little upset and rightfully so that she was not portrayed her name is angela and she was not portrayed accurately in this documentary she wasn't on a tricycle she just ran out into the street Mm. it was just a residential street her entire family was sitting on the porch the entire family saw it yeah she was a little african-american girl and she she died and why would
1: netflix not
0: portray that accurately do you think it's because of a race issue like they thought that it would cause no i don't think the and the producers and and writers of of the documentary apologized formally to the family Uh. and i don't know sometimes stuff is just when stuff is getting made like that sometimes the accuracy it doesn't seem that important i don't know why you wouldn't just use a little african-american girl and portray it as it was i would want to honor that that's Poor child what her family the said The right way Yeah they were like you, you really disrespected our family I don't blame them yeah, For they, feeling that way They were very upset I was upset reading it I'm like this poor family has been through enough and now, now they got to turn on Netflix and see that their, their younger sibling because she still has siblings that are alive. And that now they get to experience that. I would have been very upset. But that is true that he did uh, run over and, and kill a little girl. And that was supposedly his impetus into becoming a high re- highly religious Christian man. That was where I was going with this,
1: that yeah. he was extremely involved in his faith mm. in his church mm. uh he lived in indianapolis and he was an elder in his church in his office all around there were scriptures needle pointed and you know cross stitching and decoupaging and all kinds of stuff
0: <laughs> the decoupage all over the place right no.
1: that were like these scriptures and you know, thou shalt, and all Mm -hmm. of these things. Mm -hmm. And even one of the people that they interviewed was a Jewish couple who was somewhat a little taken back by it, by the Christian references, because they were there not for
0: a religion. Mm -hmm. They were there to have a child. Right. But everything he did, once you get to into the meat and potatoes of the documentary, you realize that everything he did was under the guise of, of God and it's so twisted it's so twisted and so cult-like it's so gross it is disgusting and you know as people who are religious it's really offensive because it's like don't don't try and represent me as a religious person You so Jacoba finds out that she's got these
1: seven siblings and they start figuring out and they they piece things together and realize that their father Mm -hmm. is the same man the
0: same man right and it took a while, which as it would, because his DNA DNA was not in the it's not database in the system, but database. He, but his relatives are, That's and it correct. was like an aunt or someone that was like, "Well, I do have a cousin or a mm-hmm. nephew or someone who." Oh yes, oh, he's I, a he's Donald a,
1: Klein. Yeah, Donald Klein. I mean, she, you know, innocently mm-hmm. is bragging about this True. man, and. I just, I find it, do you think that he ever, because they don't mention this, Hmm. that he ever was worried that
0: this was going to happen? Oh, no, he was never worried. That's part of what's so disturbing about it is he is, his attitude is such, he is so arrogant. Not only is he not worried, even after getting caught, he is in their face trying to, talk down to them trying to be intimidating he's carrying a gun he has a piece he has a nine millimeter strapped to his waist when he goes to meet his children that he fathered at their first meeting he's wearing a gun right so let's just back
1: up a little bit so Jacoba they find out that this is their father they confront him Mm -hmm. and can you imagine I, again, put myself in these people's place. You're going to go confront these people and you're hoping... You would just imagine that this person would be sorrowful. A little bit. A little bit apologetic. Yeah. I'm sorry that this has hurt you. That was the opposite. It was the exact opposite. they experienced.
0: I was so angry. From scene one, when I got my little surprise (laughs) that I was not expecting, to the end, I was furious because he was so the opposite of what anyone who's made a mistake should be. All he really needed to do was go, I thought I was acting in the best interest of your parents, of my practice, and I, I see now. that. But that's not his attitude. Even now he thinks he's right.
1: Well, and that's the part where you know that the reason for doing it wasn't to help these people it wasn't. out. No. This was a narcissistic, sociopathic type of behavior yeah. Where this man thinks that his seed, uh, <laughs> when I heard that he was doing that, my first instinct was, well, they were at least having a child, right? Like at first, because I didn't yeah. realize how widespread this was, right. literally. Right. Because it's like one or two people. Yeah. Well, then you find out that this is, we know of 94. That's and right. it's, this is, the fertility program was, brand is somewhat groundbreaking and new. Mm -hmm. this was not something
0: that laws had followed Mm -mm. and even now laws have not kept up with the science right I mean we're able to do a lot of great things scientifically that are not those actions aren't protected in some ways you know what I'm saying I was reading this article on the Atlantic when I was doing some research on Dr. Klein and it talks about uh, sperm donation from the beginning and sort of like the shame Around Uh it. It started, at least this is sort of I just thought this was an interesting tidbit. In 1884 a doctor named William Pancoast was unable to help a wealthy couple in Philadelphia, also. Where are these where's this guy? In Indianapolis. Okay. So this is in Philadelphia. And this couple had been struggling with with infertility. Well, this doctor was just not gonna give up. He was an egomaniac, right? So um, he sedated the wife with chloroform i mean this is 1884 medicine can you imagine Mm. injected her with uh the semen from a medical student who was really really good looking that was all (laughs) that was all we needed it was just some dude who was super hot right so he collected that sample and injected it in the woman and this is the first documented case of a successful donor insemination the doctor told the husband afterwards after they had the baby and the man agreed to never tell his wife and according to the doctor the end justified the means so they had a healthy baby boy and to that the doctor and the husband thought that the lie was justified that's the history of artificial insemination so it already comes from a place of sort of like let's hide this kind of thing right some of these women who are speaking or th- there's actually men too who are who are children of dr. Klein um, didn't know that they that their mother had been artificially inseminated right. the parents kept it a secret
1: well let me ask you this would you let's say that you couldn't have children mm-hmm. and that you needed to go through infertility to do that when would that come up I mean would that be something that you need to tell your kids? After seeing this, now I'm saying maybe you should, but at the time, or even if you just think that you took your husband's sperm and your eggs and you went to a fertility doctor, and now you have little Johnny mm-hmm. who you know looks like, mm-hmm. well, first of all, a lot of these siblings said it was strange because growing up, I knew that I was different. Yep. All my family was dark haired, dark eyes, and I'm blonde haired and blue eyes. Yep. That was the other thing that was so remarkable about all of these siblings that were there. They all had this bright blue. I mm-hmm. mean, gorgeously mm-hmm. colored, almost like Aryan race type of yeah. strange,
0: collective characteristics. I'm shaking characteristics. my head. It doesn't make the story... And it doesn't make you any more sympathetic to Dr. Klein. Not it's that worse. you should be. It's almost it worse. makes it worse. because You're like, oh, oh, so you were trying to create a master race, right? What That's you were what it felt like. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. As, especially after you see them all, they're all what very good Jewish family that had that happen. I mean, I still can't stop thinking. About it. He's such a
1: creep. It's so gross, yeah. and it's so. I mean, let's. We were talking about his faith, and. It, it it suggests that he was m- motivated by his ide- ideology, um, born of his affliction with the extremist Christian sect called the Quiverful, and they mentioned the that? Quiverful. Yeah, they mentioned which it. En- en- encourages followers to reproduce as prolifically
0: as possible to meet God's mandate to be fruitful and multiply. But wait a minute. That wasn't proven that that is anything that he was participating in, except that there were little bits and pieces Right. They put these two
1: things together. It might not be, but uh, the film emphasizes how Klein's faith, which developed after he accidentally um, struck and killed a young girl with his car, pervade his practice as a doctor. He and his staff recited prayers together. Mm-hmm. They advised patients to prey on their treatment choices. And he decorated his office with Christian saints, as we said, and had an affinity to the verse in Jeremiah 1.5, which says, Before I have formed you in mo- your mother's womb, I knew you, which is often featured in material in material that the quiverful lifestyle promotes. So Klein has not publicly acknowledged or commented on his ties
0: to that tradition. But... <laughs> Who knows? I, he, he's thing. kind of a cuckoo. Well, and so is that quiverful thing. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. That's a bit of a stretch. But it does... There's something comforting about, well, this guy wasn't... You know, he was part of this weird group that thought they should produce all these great... You know, at that's least... That's an explanation. It would give an explanation to his behavior because otherwise, you're just a crazy person.
1: Ironically, they had to request his DNA and they had to get a court order for it. <laughs> and when they came to meet him... Huh. The police and FBI the or DA. whoever, every, the mm. DA, he shows up outside wearing, he's like wearing a t-shirt and shorts and packing a piece. Yeah, he walks outside with a gun on his head. Like he thinks he's all that. He still is a predominant feature in his community because mm-hmm. his community has rallied around him because I don't know how you can think this is
0: okay because mm-hmm. there's no explanation for this. Mm-hmm. DNA doesn't lie. No there's no negotiating with it it is what it is it's it's black and white it's science it's it's science and it
1: is completely i mean he's had his medical license taken away okay, okay. but he's eighty
0: years old he's not going to be practicing medicine his
1: anyway. his practicing partner
0: oh that guy that
1: guy oh. you know he started out the conversation and the interview as somewhat like I had no idea and whatever I was glad
0: to see he was remorseful and felt. Oh, he felt some responsibility towards us because he had some. Yeah, but he didn't know. How would you know? This doctor was having women in on the weekend because it's like, oh, well, she's ovulating. We can't. you, You have to do these. All every one of these mothers who spoke said, I thought it was weird when I went in. There was no one else in the office. You you don't know you're not responsible for what that guy's doing in his office. You don't know. You wouldn't know. And and listen, we all put our trust in the medical of course, the doctor. The knows. Doctors.
1: That's why you're there. That's why. I mean, you didn't go to medical school, no. and you're also desperate for a child. And the other thing that was interesting is there's some women because every time you go in there, it doesn't take. Right, like oh, they would go in yeah. there and they would hope they'd be pregnant, and you know, three weeks, two weeks later, they are not pregnant, so they're back again couple weeks later, there was a woman who went in there 15 times.
0: 15 times. In and, a very short period of and time. And
1: she, you know, when they were trying to get the, a conviction of some sort with this gentleman and they couldn't, she likened it to her being raped mm-hmm. 15 times. Mm-hmm. I they, felt like that was a stretch. It was a stretch. But I don't take away her feelings of vi- validation but, yeah. when it comes to being violated and having that feeling as if he had stolen something from her
0: well because he crossed the line when you admit you walk into a doctor's office it becomes clinical right and what he was doing in order to impregnate these women had an intimacy aspect to it the women were unaware of it the women didn't know but you he did cross that line you can there's no law against that. No. You don't know what he's doing in his office and he doesn't owe you an explanation. But you can never in your wildest, you, you don't go in there imagining that, that he's going to do something like that.
1: I guarantee you that this is not the first or the last time this will happen.
0: No, it it's well there's other stories when i first went home and told my husband that denise says i have to watch this thing <laughs> and he's always down for you know whatever he's always down to watch some weird slasher flick with me or you know oh, we're watching True the crime. Night, night stalkers on again okay uh-huh. let's watch it. <laughs> um so he's a really good sport about it and i said yeah there's this guy i've never even heard of him and he's fathered like 90 something children and, and there's a netflix documentary and he goes oh you mean the mormon doctor And I was like, wait, what? Oh, And I guess back in the 80s, there was a member of the Mormon church who was a fertility doctor who did kind of the same thing, Mm. not to these numbers. This goes on. And the fact that we have DNA testing and can find our brothers, sisters, 10th cousin, that's the only reason these people are being caught. There's no other way to catch them. So the whole, I would say that the...
1: Our father's main focus is highlighting the lack of legal resources recourse that afforded the siblings and their parents. Mm-hmm. There was no recourse. And as by the time the children of Klein's former patients began to uncover the extent of his crimes in 2015, he was well into retirement and living in Indianapolis, Indiana um they contacted the offices of the Marion County prosecutors and attorney general of Indiana asserting Klein's medical practices were basically rape of what he yeah. did Nuts. and asking for an investigation but pr- pr- proceedings were slow and much to their frustration nothing ever came about mm-hmm. when you watch it you you can see they're they're trying to take any bit of something mm-hmm. that they can gather to actually prosecute him the only thing they could get him on was that he lied Mm -hmm. he lied he was like oh this didn't happen more than a handful of times that's what he
0: originally told them right that this was just well yeah i did but it was just a but he
1: already knew how they were discovered was he not thinking that eventually or does he think that he's never going to get caught or he already is checked out with the law
0: and knows that he didn't have anything there's nothing on the books that's going to i don't think he was that bright I think he was. I think it's all based in narcissism. So the, the
1: all the siblings waited for the authorities to take action, and and Klein lived as a pillar of his community and an elder in his church, performing baptisms in mm-hmm. his backyard swimming pool. Yep. He also began um, threatening the siblings with retribution yeah. should they continue their efforts to bring charges against him and take their public their story public. Right the lug nuts disappeared off Ballard's car one day oh
0: yeah did you see that Mm -hmm. That she shares in the film
1: Harmon says which is another sibling found her hard drive suddenly wiped clean of all mention of Klein Mm -hmm. and all of her research vanished overnight
0: Mm -hmm.
1: another sibling Heather Wukok who shared her story publicly began receiving phone calls um, poignantly inquiring if she was interested in purchasing a cemetery plot I mean, come on, bro. When the county prosecutor finally investigated Klein, the results were disappointing to the siblings, the women he inseminated, and their families. They had hoped an investigation into his medical practices would leads, uh, would yield at least sufficient evidence to bring charges of rape. According to prosecutors at the time, however, Klein did not commit rape against the women he inseminated with his own sperm without their knowledge or consent. That well, was not considered rape. That's not...
0: it's. I'm sorry it's it's not. Listen ladies, I would love to see him go down, but that they ended up charging him with two counts of obstruction of justice because he lied under oath, right? Which is all they could get him on and he never did any he never he never did time and the if you watch the documentary there is a lot of in the courtroom audio that comes out and it will make your skin I crawl. This guy had the entire community can how would you what if you knew I I couldn't be friends with.
1: I'm sorry. If it was proved, I mean, because DNA doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. I'm sorry. There's there's no there's nothing that can justify this. No, that's the thing. If it happened once, that would be terrible. (sighs) If it happened twice, oh, shocking. Ninety (laughs) four times. I
0: mean, the numbers alone. And those are the ones that took. Those are the ones that produced a child. This happened way more than 94 times. Those are just the 94 children. This is only the people who have applied through the DNA. That's only people who've done their DNA. There's people like you wandering around who are like, Like, I don't care. I know I'm half Italian. I'm one of the children. (gasps) Oh, in a very special Two Average Girls. No. Denise comes clean. Would you want to know?
1: No. After seeing, I mean, this
0: is next level of Mm -hmm. emotional stress and trauma watching the documentary and the interviews with with the the product you know the children of Mm -hmm. also the mothers of and then of course the sad sad dads who are like oh you know the dads are really that's sad too it's a it's a different kind of sadness some of those some of the women though are a little unhinged and i don't mean that as an insult but i mean it is it's hard to watch because you know that
1: they trying to process this there's we know the if you go through a death what the grieving process is going to be right we know that if you lose a child you know there's enough people who have gone through this oh from the
0: beginning of time
1: right this is this This is is something so next level and so new Mm -hmm.
0: to society Mm -hmm. that this isn't i'm glad that netflix did this I am too. As hard as it was to watch, I will give it a recommendation just with an asterisk by it going, you just have to know what you're getting into from scene one. Scene one was insanity, but it is worth watching because you have to understand the amount of people who are out there who might be going through the same exact thing and try and like have some sympathy because as, as you're saying this is uncharted territory yeah. this is not something that they've been dealing with for a long time this is new this is the opposite side of what DNA was supposed to be used for absolutely I mean this
1: was a, and
0: it also the opposite of what procreation I
1: mean oh my goodness you know there's already a little bit of a questionable do you how much how much of this you know do you use? to procreate if you can't have children like right. how what much e- does science actually play a part in your procreation i mean because you can go from everything where from you know artificial insemination to surrogacy yeah. to all of these things where you're choosing the sex you're seeing if there's mm. viable genes and you're you're changing it you're discarding the ones that aren't a boy and you're right. you know there's a lot of this we're playing god as it is yes. this gentleman actually was did
0: mm-hmm. like literally did and such a creep.
1: So I was just watching Dr. Phil the other day, and I just started watching Dr. Phil again. I started taping it because Dr. Wait, is he still on? He's still on, and it, it drives me crazy because <laughs> they go to commercial break every two seconds, <laughs> and it sure. drives me absolute bonkers. Yeah. So I fast forward through it, but I really wanted just to watch it because I wanted to see how the crazy is going in the, oh, in, you know. What did how, you find? There's still plenty of it. There's crazy. There's still plenty of crazy, and one of which was a gentleman who um this was on Dr. Phil just this like last week. His name is Kyle Gordy. He's a 30-year-old man who claims he is a fertility expert and has fathered 40 kids across the world.
0: Okay, do the mothers know? Yes. Okay. So he and he
1: says he has eleven more on the way. He is a private sperm donor. So if you're looking for a sperm donor oh, no and they actually interviewed a, a couple which happened to be two women mm-hmm. who were wanting to have a child right um they went to this gentleman kyle and um he basically gives him his sperm now he's okay. done it a lot of different ways he actually does it
0: himself yeah with an, a syringe oh he in he inseminates the women? Uh-huh. Wait, uh-huh. is he a doctor? No. Oh. <laughs> he actually has, I think, an MBA
1: uh, in finance or something. Like, he's, he, you know, it was sensationalized on Dr. Phil, which also drives me crazy because true. Kyle is, you know, they, they they kind of villainized him. But he also is a complete narcissistic
0: a-hole. Okay. I mean, let me ask you this. Yeah. Is he exceptionally good looking? No okay he's nerdy and kind of goofy which
1: is one of the there's a, a woman on there who brought her child her four-year-old daughter and they introduce him on Ew. the show which again to her like yes. here's your daddy yes and she's african-american uh-huh. and her the dad that's raising her is also african-american and this man is white this woman so was in a girl's white the,
0: she's half she's well, half, black the mom's half black and half white okay got it see how that works no i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> I wasn't there for biology that day. Thank you for explaining that to me, Denise. So the the
1: interesting thing was she was in a uh, lesbian relationship, and her and her partner wanted to have a child. Mm-hmm. Well, they did, and they broke up. Mm-hmm. So she has this child who is beautiful, by sure. the way, sure. and she loves her. She now marries a man. Uh-huh. They have another child, and she's pregnant with her third from the from this man. From From her husband. From her husband now. Not from Kyle. Not from Kyle. So she has two children, one child who's who's also Mm African-American, fully Mm -hmm. African-American. Their child is a little bit of a lighter skinned.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And so there's going to be a question, and she was very matter of fact about it, and I think that's the difference in generations where yeah. this is kind of new for, for us, but for them this is all they know. This is not that big a deal. Right. She sought him. Mm-hmm. She asked him questions about genetics. He asked some basics. He, They show this guy on Dr. Phil and they're showing him in his apartment and he's doing push-ups. He's running down the street. He never wears underwear because he doesn't want... Oh, yeah. no. He does all of these things because he's a self-proclaimed expert. They bring on fertility experts who shoot him down. They bring on psychiatrists who shoot him down. <laughs> you know he's still staying true to who he is because he believes that he is the specimen. Sure. He thinks that he's he's got an IQ a high IQ which makes it you know really important to him. Yeah. He takes good care of himself. He doesn't have any kind of genetic issues. He's not very tall, no. which is kind of weird yeah, to me yeah. because most women want a six foot tall guy he's probably 5'7 5'8 I don't even know how tall he is he's kind of scrawny but even this woman said well he was kind of goofy which was kind of endearing to me Mm -mm. he goes all around the world he doesn't ask for payment I was gonna that was my next question it's free no now he did that did make a joke that if any of the his his children and Dr. Phil corrected him a couple times very sternly they're not your children
0: okay but
1: but they kind of but they are but he's referring to them as, as his, his children. children. And he keeps in touch with all of these no. women Mm-mm. and men, and he keeps track of people. And he because here's the thing he's got ninety-four plus eleven. He's gonna have over a hundred children of his. Again, we're back to this ethical thing. Yeah, it's ethical. These ethics. children might meet up. And
0: what if they marry each other? Because they <sighs> don't know. Well, these kids will know. The one thing that he's doing right is he's getting permission.
1: Oh, he's absolutely not only is he getting permission, he's doing it. And if you listen to him, I find it hard to believe that he's just doing this out of the goodness of his heart. I think he's looking for attention. I think he thinks he's, you know, got some kind of God complex of Mm -hmm. some sort. Mm -hmm. He's got an ego the size of, you know, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) it's huge. Yeah. And he's doing this. He goes all over the world. I'm assuming they're probably paying his flight to go sure. to
0: London right. or wherever he's going to to spread his women. seed. Here's the thing, though, and maybe I'm just in such shell shock from watching this documentary. Um, if both parties are on the same page and understand what's going on, I kind of don't have a problem with it. It's Absolutely. like live and let live. If this, If you Absolutely. want this weirdo you want him to donate his sperm what he's clearly a narcissist I mean this could happen if for one night stands. this is one of the That's this the is thing. one of the, the
1: the conversations they had he's like what the woman was like what Dr Phil what's the difference of a one-night stand women have these kind of things all the time and have children and don't tell the father because they don't even know the guy's name right, right. like they don't they've never seen the guy again mm-hmm. I mean this happens a lot mm-hmm. where by choice or not by choice Mm -hmm. it's happening this is by choice right these people are vetting them yeah these people are having a relationship with them they send pictures they send birthday cards i mean like it's a weird twisted i'm not into it i don't feel comfortable with it i wouldn't want my kids to participate in it right but But you've got consenting adults but you've got consenting adults that they're getting what they want which is a child to Mm -hmm. raise Mm um well, what are you going to say? You There's know? nothing to say. It just, it opens up a whole new
0: legal set of issues. That's what I was going to ask you. Did they discuss on Dr. Phil, was there a pre-signed contract? Like, you can't ever sue my adult I didn't, son or daughter. I didn't,
1: hear, I didn't hear about that. I wondered if there was going to be some sort of, if there was some genetic issue found later on or something happened to, because of this, there was none. They and, didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about it. And and to me, that is really the ethics of this
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the legality of this are the things that I think are the conversation that
0: society needs to have moving forward. Because the area is gray. The area is very gray. There's a semi-famous story. Uh, here in Orange County, there was a very wealthy couple in South County who had triplets through a surrogate. Mm. The surrogate lived with them with her two or three other children mm. in sort of a casita or in the basement or I mean it was enough <laughs> not that she wasn't in the basement, but it, it was a beautiful twelve thousand square foot home right. down in Monarch Bay or whatever. Um she had the triplets they signed a contract and they did the whole thing and they wanted her in the house so they could help her with nutrition help her with the kids Da da da. they did this whole thing and thought they were doing it all right after she had those kids she sued them for what custody oh. she sued them for custody she ended up losing but at the cost of they they it was bad press for this couple. Sure. A things started to go sideways in real estate investments, etc. It was a perfect storm, and they spent all their money defending uh. their children. And those three kids were their children. It, she was just a surrogate. She was the she oven. was the vessel, but mm-hmm. it was th- it was their combined DNA. So as a surrogate, I mean <sighs> things like that keep me up at night literally i mean i i didn't love being
1: pregnant for myself so i wouldn't choose to be a surrogate but i've heard of women being surrogates for their own daughters like Mm -hmm. older women Mm -hmm. who no way want to have more kids
0: no but they're still they have a viable yeah they have a
1: uterus mm -hmm. and they can be the oven basically to carry the child because their daughter can't can't do it right that would be hard Not because I would want to keep the baby, but just because you'd be pregnant at 50 something years old or 60 years old. But also don't
0: you think that there is, there's an emotional element to that, even though it's not, it's not my DNA, even though I'm just housing the growth of this baby, still.
1: I think that I, I had a friend, um, that I grew up with and she was a surrogate, uh, many, like 20 years, over 20, maybe 25 years ago.
0: Uh, you don't know her and I know, but that's edgy that, you know, it was a couple it, decades because ago.
1: it was she was also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Saints. And it was very questionable as to is this something that you should be participating in? Right. And, you know, I, I'll hand it to her. She did it. She did it out of she wanted to help other couples. How many times she do it? She did it
0: once. Oh, just but, the once.
1: I think she did it once and they had twins or she did it twice okay for the same for the same couple i can't remember but i just thought and she also got paid and there was an element of she could she could do this Mm -hmm. and she had easy pregnancies she didn't mind it and she got a payout at the end which again ethically is that cool oh that'd be the
0: only reason i'd do it
1: well that's the thing i mean some (laughs) people would say no that's gross you shouldn't get paid for that why not I don't
0: know you're providing a service I,
1: I, I agree but that was I, I think some of the issue yeah I think people with lose people, their minds they lose their minds mm-hmm. now again like all the stars are doing surrogacy like sure. it's the thing to do if you don't want to have stretch marks and you don't want to <laughs> lose any time filming or whatever you're, you've got going um, or you know if you can't have children though it
0: might be the only way you can do this and to me that's awesome I think it's great that that's a that's an option and if there's someone that wants to provide that service for you of course it's it's kind of like back in the day you didn't tell people you were adopted because there was some shame behind that and you didn't tell people that you had adopted someone a, a child there you just wasn't talked about it's now it's like loud and proud.
1: Now I'm wondering, after all of this, as we're sitting here talking about this, and let's say you go to a fertility doctor, do you have your baby tested immediately to make sure the DNA is who you think it is? Well,
0: I was reading some of the um, new laws that have been passed, especially in the state of Indiana. They have passed laws based on this case that you cannot use fraudulent sperm uh, on a, like there has to be documentation signed. This is the person I chose, even if it's my husband's. So there's sort of these sort of gates that you have to go through. It's mm. not just as easy as it was. Also, let's remember the 70s and the 80s were right. a totally different time anyway. Right. But this has set precedents, and so there is people are much more careful about who they choose and how it. There are some protections in place because i operate on the dark side there's no way that this isn't still happening it's still happening oh absolutely in places that you know people are desperate i i want a child i'll take anything i you know whatever the doctor says oh it's a really good looking medical student with brown eyes that's what this dr klein was saying he would tell them that he was matching the eye color (laughs) and that these guys are super smart they're medical students so no one complained no one questioned it because that was the height of the technology then they didn't have these things where you can look through a book and go this guy's a harvard mba he's very athletic he's you know it comes from a good genetic background that's the other thing is this these kids all you know 94 (laughs) of them have autoimmune disorders and because dr klein won't give any more information he doesn't have to give any more information about himself they don't know how bad it can possibly get because they don't know what he's carrying with him but they all they all have similar autoimmune disorders so he did that along with spreading his seed he's a great guy
1: so when you when you start doing this deep dive into just like i put in um Dr.
0: Phil, I can't you believe know, you're, wa- can we just revisit that? That you are watching Dr. Phil, <laughs> what is this, I, 1999? Listen, I want to get, it literally has
1: the crazy and the, literally, what we're talking about on our podcast, there's so many correlations to some of the things that we're talking about on a, on a regular basis. That's the only reason I started. The,
0: we're on par with Dr. Phil?
1: Well, he gives us good There's good content (laughs) just by listening to him. But when I'm going through here, then every little thing that I'm now looking up, like as I'm looking up the Dr. Phil show, this is another, this is how you get down the deep hole. Mm -hmm. It says, How a DNA test kit revealed a family secret hidden for 54 years. What was the family secret? I don't know. I didn't read it. But I'm just telling you, time and time again, this is happening. Yeah, this there's it not. It's going to continue to happen. So I think the moral of this story is mm-hmm. if you happen to go and take your 23andMe or one of those
0: DNA tests, be careful. At you least might
1: get more information
0: than you expected. Be prepared. <laughs> Aunt Denise and Aunt Anne have warned you that you might find out something you didn't want to know. You know, I had a friend who's, uh, who had a bad dad. And I mean, he was a real bad guy. Yeah. And she didn't really find out how bad he was until she was an adult. Mm. And it took her years of therapy to come to grips with the fact that her dad's behavior doesn't define her. And I, I'm i saying that as if, you know, here's my advice to you. That's not it at all. But if I if I knew any of those people that's what I it doesn't reflect badly on, on them in any way yeah. and everything that they've accomplished is still their accomplishments it
1: is it just it's a process it's that mm-hmm. process that they have to go through and it's uncharted territory so who knows how long it's going to take them
0: I mean some are going to deal with it better than others like you said I wouldn't want to know and I'm the same way if I, I didn't have know. to know I I would take a pass on that thinking I'm
1: pretty sure Gogo was you know
0: yeah. I don't think anything <laughs>
1: was going on i'm just saying i'm pretty sure that i don't have to worry about
0: it i know for a fact that i don't have to worry about it because i did my dna and it matches my dad's yes of course but i on that same sort of track i have a friend as well whose dad she found out through dna that her dad's not her dad well but it it's taken her a while to sort of come to terms with it but at the same time she's like he's still my dad i don't care
1: Biologically, he might not my DNA might not match him par- perfectly, but he raised me,
0: He's, and that's he, yeah. really what matters. That's all that matters, and I'm the person I am because he was such a great dad. Exactly, doesn't matter. So, I okay. mean, yes, like we're like I said, we're being a little light about the whole thing. I hey, forget about it. it. Doesn't matter. But I think big picture is, you know, you can't be responsible for what this one creep did.
1: It's just it's just such a it's just such a strange conversation Mm -hmm. that we are even having i know right it's just so weird so our recommendation is watch our father on netflix i think it's i think it's worth it it's somewhat of a it's almost like a we could have a book review right it's like it's like a review where you could sit around and really
0: have a conversation about this with people because this is the future Oh, it it's absolutely is. DNA is pulling back the curtain on all you creeps. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you can't hide. You can't hide anymore. So yeah, as Denise said, Netflix has it. Our Father is the name of it. It's worth the watch, but be sure that, be sure you're in a good place mentally and emotionally because <laughs> <laughs> it is hard. It's, it's hard to take in. That does it for this edition of Two Average Girls. <laughs> I'm Denise Cooper. I'm Anne Police. We'll see you next time.